Welcome back to After the Buzz of Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. In today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Thomas, um, or Mr. Sideline, once again. And we're going to be talking about two things in this episode, well two topics uh, from the NBA one of those topics being the Rockets' small ball lineup. We both have different point of views. One of us, you're about to find out in a minute, doesn't side with the Rockets' small ball lineup. We don't think it'll work come playoff time. And then the other one of us does think it'll work. We are totally opposed for it. We love the move that they made, and we think uh, it's going to work come playoff time on like it did, the way it did last year and in years past. So, that's what we're going to talk about first. Then second, contenders or pretenders. It's that time of year. We're past the trade deadline now. We're starting to get a good feel on these teams. We're both going to uh, do, I'm not sure what exact number we'll do, but we're both going to discuss some teams in the NBA and whether they are contenders, real true contenders to the NBA title, or whether they are pretenders. So let's get to the Rockets topic first. All right. So as you can tell, we both took sides on whether or not we think the Rockets small ball lineup will work or will not work come playoff time. So after the buzzer does not believe that it will work come nope. playoff time. And I think that it will work. So we're about to go into a full scale debate. Uh, hopefully this is, I want to say our second one. Yeah. Uh, the first one didn't go very well for me because Patrick Mahomes yeah. the Super Bowl. Uh, but hopefully I'll be better and about this. He's going to keep doing the same thing. Next year he's going to prove me right again. Oh, that was a voice crack. And Lamar Jackson is going to go on the decline. So he's just going to keep proving me right. So I'd say I'm 1-0. About to be 2-0. Okay. Um, Yeah, and hopefully uh, we can do a better job than we did last time. Uh, but I think I have a pretty good debate. I know he's got a really good debate. Uh, so we're just going to dive into it. Oh, I'm going to go first uh, with my opening argument. I believe that the Rockets small ball, small ball lineup will work come playoff time. One of the reasons I think this is that the small ball lineup has allowed for Russell Westbrook to thrive like he really never has before. With this lineup, he's been able to drive to the basket with ease because without a true center in their lineup, everyone's just around the three-point line. So Russell's been able to drive to the basket, finish over defenders, dunk on players, whatever. It really doesn't matter. Um, if he's met by a bigger defender or someone like that, he kicks it out to Robert Covington. He kicks it out to Eric Gordon. He kicks it out to P.J. Tucker or one of the other knockdown shooters they have. It's simple. It's a drive-and-kick offense for Russell Westbrook. He no longer has to settle for a mid-range bank-in because, believe me, I've watched enough Thunder games to know how many times that guy likes to shoot. He dribbles the ball behind the back. Um he stands there for about five seconds dribbling, and then he tries to bank it in. It never works, but he stops settling for those shots. His three-point attempts per game has gone drastically down, and it's allowed him to really thrive in this new offense. Another thing is that the amount of shooting that they have is ridiculous. The Rockets have always been known for revolution for their revolutionary offenses. They love shooting threes. Uh, they love outscoring opponents, and that's what this roster is really designed to do. To be honest, there's not a lot of defense, but they said, hey, you know what? Try to outscore us. That's what they're daring teams to do. And I don't think I, I don't think teams really can with all the shooting and scoring that they have from every single position. Uh, they shoot the most threes per game out of any team in the league, and it's really not even close. They shoot about three more attempts than the second guy. I spit everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and they just they just score a ton of points because of this. Their three-point percentage obviously isn't 
as high as other teams, but that's okay because they're shooting a ridiculous amount. And three, the defensive versatility is off the charts. They can switch with really anyone. I mean, guys like Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker, super great defenders and super versatile defenders that really they can defend four to five positions. Someone like Robert Covington, who's 6'7", can defend a faster, quicker point guard or a bigger and longer center. Like, he's capable of doing this. Maybe, you know, with the center, he may struggle a little bit more against the guys like Rudy Gobert or Anthony Davis, but he can still hold down the fort. And P.J. Tucker, six foot five, you know, obviously not meant to be a center or even a power forward in modern-day NBA. In fact, he's probably best suited for the shooting guard position. He's the same height, if not shorter, than James Harden, and he's playing center. Why? Because he's tough. He'll rough you up. He's versatile. He can defend several positions. It's just going to work. These guys can all switch on to anyone without really having to have any problems. And they have so many guys like that just across their team. I mean, guys like Daniel House, Eric Gordon, um, even Russell Westbrook at times. Like, they can switch on to bigger or faster defenders and really hold their own. Um Another thing that I like is their star power. Their star power is going to be able to match up with the Lakers and the Clippers. Russell Westbrook and James Harden are two NBA superstars. There's really no debate. Um, And while obviously they aren't as good as the duo of LeBron James or Anthony Davis, and they're not as good as the duo of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but they'll, they'll be able to get their own. And with this new offense... You know, the biggest problem with Russell Westbrook and James Harden is that they've never really been able to show up in the playoffs. But we've also never seen Russell Westbrook and James Harden not only together, but in a system like this where it allows both of them to thrive. Now, some people would argue, oh, well, James Harden isn't thriving. He's just having a bad stretch. There are going to be times like that for him. For someone who shoots so much, he's going to have bad shooting nights. He's going to have those times where he's not as efficient. But I believe that come playoff time, Russell Westbrook's going to be at his best and James Harden is going to be at his best. And this team, I, I'm not saying they're going to beat the Lakers or the Clippers, but out of anyone in the West, I think they're going to give them the best fight. I think they'll get past the first round. Second round, it really depends on the matchup. If they have to verse someone like the Lakers or the Clippers, yeah, that's probably where it stops. But I think they can force whoever they verse to six or seven games. And I think it'll be a good the fight. Sixers? No, I think they'll force it to six oh. or seven games. And I think that – I just think they'll succeed come playoff time. Even if we see them losing the second round, we're going to look back and say, hey, you know, the Rockets, they may have lost, but they had a really darn good playoff run this year. Well, I, I can't – I don't know how to put this. Your debate was all right. It was okay, but... <laughs> All right, okay. Are you about to blow like... me out of the water? Yes. All right, of course. Go ahead. I always do. Um, I don't think it's going to work, their small ball lineup. One of the pros is to it. Russell Westbrook's going to be a lot better. I mean, I can't deny that. There's not all cons to this. Um, James Harden, yo, he could be in a shooting slump right now. Who knows? But, I mean, besides, you know, not including last night when the team went on their four-game losing streak where they lost to the Knicks, Hornets, Magic, and Clippers, three of those four, the three of the worst teams in the league when they went on that losing streak. James Harden was scoring 26 points per game on 30, under 33% from the field and 19% from three. Might Maybe just a, a quick shooting slump, but so far he has not done good in the system. Maybe it'll just take a little bit to adjust, probably, but... I don't think he's going to be as good in the system as he was before. But Russell Westbrook's great. I can't deny that. But when it comes down to the playoffs, 
And in the Western Conference, when we look at these playoff teams, there are a lot of good big men. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't blame the Rockets for rolling the dice because they had to. This team, the team that they had before, wasn't going to work. So them trading, you know, Clint Capella for Robert Covington, same thing they did over the offseason. They said, we're going to roll the dice with Russell Westbrook. They had to do it. They had to shake things up. Things weren't working, and they're doing so again. They realized the roster that we had isn't going to work. Let's just take a chance. And Daryl Morey has taken a lot of chances, and I give him credit for that. I just don't think the dice are going to roll in their favor this time around. All right, here's what I've got to say. I've, I'm going to read off the text that I wrote and for, the, for at least have my opening statement done here. All right, the Rockets relied on Clint Capella for a good chunk of their defense and rebounds, and pretty much their whole interior defense when I refer to defense. Uh, I mean, he was the anchor on the defense for Houston. Now he's gone for even more shooting on this team. When it becomes playoff time and they have to go up against guys like Rudy Gobert, LeBron and AD, Nikola, I almost said Nikola Vucevic, Nikola Jokic, and other elite big men, who's going to stop them? Who's going to be the big man to stop slashers like Kawhi, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and SGA, and Luka Doncic at the rim? They have no one to do that anymore. And yes, I'm not going to sit here and pretend Capella showed up in the playoffs last year, but maybe things changed and now he is more ready to go into the playoffs and he'll play like the Clint Capella we all know and love. Thomas here makes a fair point in, in saying, you know, Tucker and Rocco can handle these big men. And they are great defenders. P.J. Tucker's a very scrappy defender. Rocco was in the Defensive Player of the Year race last year before he got hurt. But P.J. Tucker's six foot five. And Rocco's six foot seven. And he's got good versatility. I'll give him that. But I don't think either one of those players have the combination of height and stature to take on the, some of the West's big, best big men. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to fire back. Their point, the point of this team really isn't to play defense. I think we can both. Yes. But can you win in this league playing no defense? No defense? Uh, probably not. But there exactly. is going to be some defense with guys like Covington and well, P.J. Tucker. All right. Here's where I think our distinction is. Where, What's the definition of work and won't work? Because for you, you're saying if they make it to the second round, that's a win. No, I he, think I'm setting what what should I set as my standard here? This is what I this is what I am saying. I'm saying that if they go to the second round and lose it in a tight six or seven games, either the Clippers or the Lakers, or they do that in the Western Conference Conference Finals, that's considered a success. What if they Anything do that against the Jazz in the second round? Is that a loss? If they lose, we have to set the bar here because I think we're both. If they lose in the first round, it's an automatic loss. Okay. I don't care how. What about do. in the second round? What if they lose in six games to the Jazz or the Nuggets? No, they're clearly better than the Jazz and the Nuggets. They have more playoff experience. They have better shooters. So that's a loss for you too. That's okay. a loss too. So I am saying, basically, what I'm saying is they have to lose in a tight battle against either the Lakers or the Clippers, or, or make it to the Western Conference Finals. Or yeah, more. or um, or like. Or, you know, obviously make it to the NBA Finals yeah. or win the NBA Finals for whatever reason. But here, one of, one of the things that I do have a problem with what you said is that how who's going to be the big man to stop slashers like Kawhi, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and SGA? I'm going to I'm gonna stop a couple of those right there. Chris Paul is not a driver. And even if he is— He's a good finisher. I understand. He's six foot. 
I'm not really that concerned about Chris Fair Paul enough. driving okay. into the lane. But he, he can finish over big men. I agree. And same thing with SGA. SGA is around 6'5". So realistically, they could have P.J. Tucker guarding him. Okay. But they'll probably have someone else. And if SGA really wants to go into the lane, but here's my thing. going to be there with help people. Yes, the height. But take away height from it. for Well, not necessarily. But P.J. Tucker, what experience does he have protecting the rim? This team does not have a rim protector. And what's the whole point of fishing? Yes, the size. Listen, P.J. Tucker could end up handling some of these guys. Like... Uh, Shy Gills, Alexander, and Chris Paul because of the height, but he can't really protect the rim. Some of these finishes, you know, they're really good finishers. They can they they define height. They just set height aside, and they have some really good finishes. Clint Capella, we've seen he can definitely protect the rim. And listen, the height may play a factor. You might be right with some of these guys, but they're going to be better slashers like uh, Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. Where you know, do you get what I'm saying? LeBron is. LeBron is a whole different force. Yes. And okay. I obviously understand that. Yeah. Same thing, really, with Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I stop. Because the Lakers and Clippers are clearly better rosters than the Houston Rockets. And so if they lose, but it's like a really tight mm-hmm. six or seven game series, that's a win. Because those guys were supposed to win anyways. So it's not like they failed. It's more like, oh, yeah, those guys were much better than you anyway. You should have lost. And it would okay, make sense. Okay, so... so- what I, what I'm kind of getting from you is, it's a win. It's a win if they lose against either LA team. But if they lose against anybody else in the playoffs at some point, it's a loss. Yeah, because okay. they really shouldn't lose. I mean, the Nuggets. It seems to me like nobody, not not in the NBA, not on, not in like Sports Center, ESPN, not in like the casual fans, like not the people who take basketball seriously. No one seems to think the Denver Nuggets are going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Oh, no, they need a second star. Exactly, and I agree. So I think there's, I think that there's no no way the Rockets should lose to that team. But the playoff experience that they have, the shooting that they have, the versatility, I don't think they should lose to the Nuggets. I also don't think they should lose to the Jazz. Despite the fact that they have Rudy Gobert, if, if, if that's going to be the difference between them winning and losing Rudy Gobert, if it's like, oh, man, if Rudy Gobert performs, they're going to do well, I'm okay with that because I know that they're going to be able to stop but other guys. like. But you just Mitchell. said if they lose to the Jazz, then that's a fail. Right, if they do lose to the Jazz. But I'm saying that most likely they would win versus the Jazz because they're mm-hmm. going to be depending on Rudy Gobert's offensive production, which I am not too mm-hmm. concerned about. Yeah, but with P.J. Tucker guarding them, that gives them an advantage. But um, but people are going to crash. That's what I'm talking about, defensive versatility. Every time someone's going to go into the paint, they're all going to swarm in to help. I'm Because they are playing out wider because they're just either perimeter players or not So it really sounds like this is a debate where we just have to wait and see what happens. What do you mean? Like, to see the results of this debate. Because what, you're, what we have to see, first of all, how this team produces how offensively and defensively, and come playoff time, how they finish. I'm just saying, like, big picture, when it comes down to how this debate goes, we're going to have to wait until the playoff time to see how this ends. Well, right. Yeah. That's that's what we would have had yeah. to do with our other debate anyways. We would yeah. have had, had yeah. to see how they perform in the playoffs. Obviously. So that's really the whole point of this. Um, it's just comparing two different sides. And who really knows what's going to happen? No. I mean, if James Harden breaks their leg and they lose in the first round, then obviously, like, that, that's not a fail. You, you can't really, leg. You not can't. a win either. But. Yeah. Um, but my thing is, is that against bigger guys like that, 
because they're playing out wider, because they're smaller players used to playing out on the perimeter, they are all going to crash to help. Whoa, so they but here's my thing now. All right, so throw out a big man, an elite big man. Okay. Jokic. Okay. Jokic. They Jokic, I know he plays more perimeter for a big man, but Jokic is under the paint. They all crash in on him. Jokic is a phenomenal passer. Okay. Jokic could probably find a way to kick it out to one of his many shooters, you know, whether that's Jamal Murray or whoever, and they can hit the three. It's almost like Giannis in the Bucks. You crash in on if they're relying when they had Clint Capella. Capella could handle Jokic one-on-one, and they didn't have to crash in. They can cover those shooters. Now, if you do, this may not work all the time. Like, Gobert's not, probably not a great shooter. Uh, not a great shooter, obviously not, but he's probably not, you know, he's not really that great of a passer, and he doesn't have a ton of shooters to kick it out to. Maybe Joe Ingles. No, or- he does. I. The Jazz are currently second in the league in three-point percentage. So he does That's have a right, ton of Donovan shooters, Mitchell. But- Never mind. Yeah. yeah. What I mean, Donovan Mitchell used to be a bad shooter. Now he's okay. But I don't view him as as good of a shooter as he is. Same thing with Mike Conley. Most of my point is mostly Rudy Gobert's not a good passer. But against, like, Nikola Jokic, he's got shooters to kick it out to. And he can do it because he's such a good passer. But with Clint Capella, they were able to just have Capella handle him one-on-one. And then their four other guys could mark up on the shooters. True. But with this, because they're so defensively versatile and because they are quick enough, they'll be able to close out on those defenders. And that's what I'm banking on here. What I'm saying is that these guys are not only going to be able to somewhat handle the big man. I'm obviously not saying, you know, they're going to shut these guys down to zero points. They're going to get their rebounds. They're going to get their points. The centers are going to put up big numbers. I'm not denying it. What I'm saying is they're going to be able to, you know, rough them up a little bit because they're going to be underneath. um, Maybe just pest him, bother him a little bit because they're smaller, and that's really all they really have. Take almost like, take a guy like Pat Beverly, for example. Obviously, he's not the most athletically gifted. He's not the best athlete in the world, but he is a good defender because he's just simply a pest. That's what I believe the Rockets are going to have. That's the kind of effect I think they're going to have on big men. Maybe not to the Pat Beverly point where they're, like, irritating them, but I do believe that that's, like, they're going to be able to rough these centers up, especially, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say dirty is the right word for a guy like PJ Tucker, but like does yeah, the scrappy. dirty work yeah. like scrappy. I think that PJ Tucker and Rocco will be able to rough them up. And then if they kick them out to one of the shooters, these guys are fast enough to go out and contest those. And then if they, if they miss the three pointer, because let's be honest, but I didn't see-, see this before this rocket scene when they had, Trevor Ariza and Rocco, I'm not saying they're the same player, but they have somewhat of a similar archetype. When uh, Trevor Ariza was here, Ariza was the versatile wing that they had that could shoot the ball and play defense. It's kind of like what Robert Covington's doing now. And and they had, what's his face, Clint Capella on the team at that time too. So not only did they have that anchor, but they also had a very similar roster with the perimeter players. I mean, yeah, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Westbrook's a little more athletic, but I've seen a similar team like this. When they faced the Warriors, the Warriors shot very well in the playoffs. And, yeah, you're not going to face a team shooting like the Warriors this year, but still, you know what I'm saying? They had that versatility before, and it didn't work. Was that the year they missed 27 straight three-pointers? Who? The Rockets. Because if that's what you're implying here... I no, think- no, I'm not implying to the rocket shooting. I'm implying to the fact of their defense guarding the Warriors. Like, oh. they, they had similar versatility that year, and the Warriors still shot lights out. 
okay, well, I'm going to bank on the fact that they could still win those games. Because even with the Warriors shooting as ridiculous as they did, it took the Rockets 27 straight missed three-pointers for the Warriors only to win in seven games. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. That's not going to happen again. Exactly. That's my point. There's no... I can't see this team missing 27 straight three-pointers. But, I, and but I'd also argue then that West was easier. It was really the Rockets and the Warriors for most of that time. I mean, there were a few other contenders. Now, you've got... Now it's now they got to fight their way into that second spot. Then, I'm not saying it was given to them, but it was kind of Rockets-Warriors was the big thing. Now it's Clippers versus Lakers. Rockets are debatably the third team in the West. Like, yeah, that's my thing too. Yeah. I wouldn't say debatably because right now it's the regular season. Yeah. Uh, come the playoffs are a completely different thing. Look, and another thing that's going to be riding on this is whether or not Russell Westbrook and James Harden can produce. I mean, that's a, that's another that's a big if too. We would we wouldn't really have to say this about superstars. Like no one's like, "Oh man, if Kawhi Leonard produces in the playoffs because it's kind of just a given no. thing." We know that's going to happen. LeBron James, we know he's going to come up in the playoffs. With Russell Westbrook and James Harden, we're still not sure. So that's another thing you have to look at. But with this system, I think Russ is going to be able to perform because of the system he is in. I believe that the defenders of the Houston Rockets will be able to crash in on the big men and crash out on the shooters. It's going to be that simple. And on the fast break, they're going to run bigger teams out of the water. Let's say the Sixers win the Western Conference. The Sixers are a bigger team. Good thing they um, aren't. I think the Rockets would destroy them. I think the Rockets, because they're well, not going to be First of all, enough. that's one team, and second of all, they're not in the West. Every team's different. That's Some true. of these teams have the matchup advantage. I've said what I have to say on this topic. If you want to say more, you can, but I'm good. I mean, I think that's it. Let me let us know. Let me know what you guys, uh, what you guys thought of that. Um, you know, I thought it was certainly close. I think we both had pretty good arguments for this. Um, obviously this is just a prediction. We're really just going to have to wait and see, uh, cause it all depends on matchups and all that stuff. But hypothetically speaking, we, could we see the Lakers and the, this is another thing that I, I, I do question. What if for whatever reason, the Lakers and the Clippers verse each other, like right. in the second round. Well, then the Rockets have had to make it to the Western Conference Finals to back up your Because here's, here's what I'm thinking. This is just a thought, of course. I'm not sure if I even actually believe this. But if the Rockets were to win against a team like maybe the Nuggets in like a six-game series, um, and then the Lakers and the Clippers are obviously going to be a battle. It's going to be really – it's got to go to six or seven games. In fact, I almost guarantee it'll go to seven games because it's just going to be ridiculous. The winner of that is going to come super, super tired to the Western Conference Finals. I knew you were going to say that, and this team can run really hard. Even with all that being said, I don't think the Rockets can beat the Clippers or the uh, Lakers. And if that case scenario happens, the Rockets now have a better chance of winning in the Western Conference, uh, going to the Western Conference Finals. But they still got to beat teams like the Nuggets and the Jazz and the Thunder, and I don't think that's a given. The Thunder? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that's a given either. Just the way they have playoff experience. They have that. They should win, but it's no given at all. Right. No, the Thunder Thunder are going to be difficult to face. I mean, 
Uh, obviously, their roster, I wouldn't, their roster really isn't anything special. I mean, Chris Paul's a great player. Shea, uh, Danilo, Dennis Schroeder, those guys are all great. But, like, that's one all-star. Yeah. With a good supporting cast. But I'm just saying, the the Thunder are going to be after the team that works for it. They kind of give me a last year's Clippers vibe. I don't think they'll be... I think they could potentially be a little more successful. In I, think they, I think I think their ceiling is second round. I think they could sneak into the second oh, yeah. round of face the Jazz and the Nuggets, or maybe even the Rockets. Potentially, they could beat them too. But their ceiling, they they won't go too far. But yeah, I get your point. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna declude. Um, bleh, that is going to end this debate. Uh, let it let us know who you guys think won. Let us let me know uh what your thoughts are. And mm-hmm. yeah, let's move on to the next topic. Yep. All right, and now we're going to go through the contenders and the pretenders of each conference. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. Um, so let's start with the Bucks. All right. The Bucks. Now, in my belief, they are contenders. And when we say contenders, we mean teams that legitimately could make it to the finals or leg- or lose a very, very tough conference finals. That's what we say about legitimate contenders, teams okay. that are going to go far in the playoffs. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Bucks? Yeah, they're a contender. I don't think they're going to perform as well in the playoffs as they are right now in the regular season, but they can most certainly make it to the NBA Finals. So, I think they fit the criteria of a contender for sure. Uh, they're, they've they've got top three odds to win the NBA Finals. That's a, that's a contender to me. Uh, I'd be pretty shocked if they don't make it to the NBA Finals. Uh, I think the bar for them is they've at least got to be Eastern Conference champs for this to be even considered somewhat of a win. And when you make it that far, I mean, at that point, you might as well set the criteria for a win. I personally think they're going to lose to the Clippers in the NBA Finals. I think if they face the Lakers, if the Lakers made it too, they would lose to them as well. Uh, The Raptors could give them some problems. And another team I think that could give them some problems is the Sixers, just because of matchup-wise. Right. Uh, But I think the Bucks should make it to the NBA Finals, and I think they will. So uh, they're definitely a contender. That's my take, too. Um, I believe that they're one of three true teams that can win the championship this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to the other two soon, I'm, though you guys probably already know who I'm talking about. But let's move on to the Toronto Raptors. Contender. Contender? Yeah. I, I agree, too. In fact, I think behind the Bucks, they have the second-best chance to make the champ- to make the championship. And also agreed. it would not surprise me if they make the if they make the NBA. Finals. It would surprise me if any team in the East. It would surprise me if any team in the East took down the Bucks, but the Raptors. It wouldn't shock me. Now I, I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, just the way the Raptors have constructed their roster. I mean, ever since Kawhi Leonard left, guys have been stepping up. Pascal Siakam has formed into an NBA All Star starter. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was a starter. Fred Van Vliet has turned into a, leg- a legitimate, uh, coming from like a sixth man who averaged 12 points per game to someone who's averaging around 18 points per game as the two guard. Kyle Lowry is back to normal. He's averaging around 20 points per game. That's what he's done for a while now. OG Ananubi has stepped up. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Marcus Gasol took a bit of a step back, yeah. uh, but Serge Ibaka is still around the same. He's still putting up around 16 and 8, I want to say. Good defender. Too. Good yeah. defender. Good rebounder. Another guy that I have to look at is Terrence Davis, you know, the undrafted yes. rookie. I mean, did He's anyone so good. did anyone really expect him to be here? I didn't even know who he was. They find so many diamonds in the rough. Um, and just the way their roster is constructed, I think they can really make some noise. Um, they have 
in my opinion, the best coach in the NBA, Nick Nurse, um, leading the way. He's at least top three. He's been incredible. And do you hear the story? I, sorry to interrupt. Did you hear the story <laughs> with him yesterday in Utah? Oh, the Utah Jazz. So if you guys, <laughs> I did hear that. If you guys didn't know, <laughs> yesterday apparently one of the Utah Jazz security officials asked Nick Nurse if he had a ticket <laughs> <laughs> when he's the coach. Um. But yeah, it would not surprise me to see the Raptors make the NBA Finals. Obviously, the Bucs losing would be a shock. But I think the Raptors are championship contenders, which is something I didn't think anyone um, would say at the beginning of the season. No. All right, the Boston Celtics. I'll let you go first since I'm a fan of the Celtics. I'm going to go with no. I don't think they are. Uh, I just... I like their team. I like Kemba Walker. I like Tatum. Uh, he's really taken a big step this year. Jalen Brown, he's proving that he's worth the contract he was given. Marcus Smart has been big. Even Daniel Tice. Everyone loves to hate on the fact that the Celtics don't really have a big man underneath. Tice has been uh, pretty rock solid. Their bench has been, you know, okay. Uh, Gordon Hayward seems to come back to form a little bit. Obviously, just the stats are down a little bit because he's not getting as large of a role. But the Celtics team is good. But I just, I, I, if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, my prediction is that they will get crushed. And so, in my opinion, according to the criteria, that does not make them a real contender. But I wouldn't necessarily call them pretenders either, because I don't think there's legitimately teams that think, legitimately anyone that think the Celtics have a chance to make the NBA Finals. But I'll let, I'll let you know what. what All right, I'm kind of in the same spot as you are, where I'm in the middle, except I'm leaning a little more toward contender. So I'd call them a contender, but not like I would with with the same confidence as the Bucs or the Raptors. They have – the odds of them making the NBA Finals are very slim. It's going to be tough enough for them to make the Eastern Conference Finals. And I just think with this team at full strength, no injuries, Gordon Hayward, if he can return to – you know, return to what he was doing at the beginning of the year, or at least very close to that. That's a big upgrade as well. If this team's just healthy and they can get back that type of thing, they could do something. Again, the criteria states, I think they'll show up a little short because if they do make the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm with you. I don't think they'll make it too close. They could make it a five, six game series though. So I think they could barely slip into the criteria. I think they're in that area where their ceilings like they just missed, but I'm going to give them contender. Okay. Uh, is this, does this really have anything to do with your bias? Like, are you being... No. Uh, I know the Celtics are not going to win the championship. Uh, I'm in the same spot as you are, really. Okay, fair enough. The Miami Heat. Now, I'm going to go first because I really like the Miami Heat. They've been, obviously, Thunder are my number one team, no questions asked. But the Miami Heat are one of my favorite teams just to watch. And it, it's tough because they have a good roster. But I'm just not sure they're, they're built... For the playoffs, so I'm gonna. Uh, it's I'm going hard. Pretend, I'm. I'll. I'll start for you. I'm going pretender. Uh, they just don't really have a lot of experience, and Jimmy Butler can show up, but the rest of the supporting cast, it's a good one, but they're just an inexperienced team. I don't think they're built for the playoffs either. I think they could make it to the second round, but I also do believe they could get upset. I mean, they're pro- they're probably gonna finish as a four seed. They might be able to slip into as a three, but the Sixers are definitely a team that can upset them. Same thing with the Pacers. I mean, I look at it. The Heat, they've had a good season this year, but I think they're a pretender. I think they are more built for years yes. coming up. Agreed. Because while I like the Heat, 
to me, they just rely on too many players that either aren't experienced or aren't ready. Mm-hmm. They were three of their best players are rookies. Tyler Hero, when healthy, he has been he's been great this year. He's been a sharpshooter. He's been great in the clutch. In fact, um, this uh, this stat is obviously a little bit outdated, but I saw the other day that Tyler Hero has played the most clutch minutes for the Heat, and he has made the most clutch points. Um, not only that, I think that Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson are great players as well. Um, but that rookie wall is going to hit. I'm not sure they're going to be able to, you know, have the same impact in the playoffs. Duncan Robinson's game is specifically designed around shooting. So let's say his shot is off. He is. But it has not been this season. True. But come playoff time where defenses are going to be tougher. It's a lot of what ifs. I'm hearing. He's. He. He's, I don't want to say he's useless because he's a pretty solid defender, but he's really not going to be a high-impact player if his shot is off. And there's just a lot of what-ifs, um, both good and bad. Uh, I mean, sure, maybe the rookies come out there and play amazing, um, but there's also the chance that, you know, the rookies come out there and just are shell-shocked by the moment and are awful. Um, Jimmy Butler, he's a great player and a great leader. However, his jump shot has fallen off the face of the earth. His defense... Hasn't been the same as what it was. So, while Jimmy Butler is still a great player, those are were two very, like, very important things when talking about Jimmy Butler as a player, and they've mysteriously gone away. I don't know what the deal with that is. I'm just, I'm going to go pretenders. I think that a first-round exit, it would surprise me, yet not surprise me at the same time. The Pacers... You know, they aren't a spectacular team, but I don't know if you watched the Celtics game last night. Victor Oladipo looked like he was back. He hit, like, four. We still won, though. Yeah, they did still win, but I'm pretty sure in the last six minutes, he hit four three-pointers. They were down 13. He destroys us every time. Yeah, he was just absolutely killing them. It didn't matter. There were hands in his face, nothing. He was making the shot. He looked like his swag was back. I don't know if that's going to be the case come playoff time, but it was refreshing to see, especially considering, you know, Oladipo is one of my favorite players to watch. And now let's get to the final team in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers. Pretender. 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 They're not contending. Uh, I think they could actually give the Bucks more of a run than almost any team in the East just because of the matchup-wise, but... The 76ers just, they're a poorly coached team by Brett Brown. They're never prepared for clutch situations. You know, last two minutes of the game, this especially happened last year. They were constantly in a jumble. They never knew what to do. Ben Simmons has no guts, no nothing. And he's the point guard of this team and he's the second star. I don't believe in them. I love the talent there. I love the potential that's there, but they don't have very good depth. That's going to hurt them in the playoffs. And I hate their coach. And I think some of their players, <clears throat> Ben Simmons, just don't have any guts come playoff time. Forget it. No way the 76ers are a contender. Wow, that's a shock because I'm going to go contender. Well, I think I, you would be surprised. I know that they are struggling right now. But just, just hear me out. I mean, this team, yes... Ben Simmons is a coward, and I will admit that. And then coming the clutch, it's going to be a problem. But their talent is absurd. The yeah. talent on that raw, they so have so it was much. last year too. It was last year too, and they lost in set in lost in seven games. Yeah, they to the lost in a clutch ch- situation. Hmm. Okay, they lost in seven games to the eventual champions. Mm-hmm. Okay, now obviously a lot of this is going to 
depend on Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons' health, because uh, at the moment they're both hurt. But I think that you know they have a they. I wouldn't say he's a true closer, but Josh Richardson, I think, could do a good job holding down the fort, maybe making some clutch shots, creating some um, clutch points for them. Another guy that I don't think you want to sleep on in terms of just shot creating is a guy like Alec Burks. Puts oh, yeah, 60. he's a good bench player for he's them, but good, that's about it. Not really. They've got Furkin Korkmaz who can shoot, Mike Scott who can shoot. They have Shake Milton, the guy who just put up 39 points the other day. They have... Um, Glenn Robinson. Yeah, Jamal Crawford put up 50 in the last game of the season. Okay. Grayson Allen put up 40. That, that's obviously not the same thing. Yeah, obviously. He was playing both. Shake, yeah, I know. But yeah. Shake Milton, one good game. Yeah, Shake Milton, uh, Mike Scott. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. their depth still sucks. I wouldn't say their depth sucks. I would say It's the, bad. It's under average, and it's going to hurt them in the playoffs. Okay, it's under average. Does bench depth necessarily matter in the playoffs? Yes, because these guys are playing an 82-game season, and sometimes you need a guy to step up. Sometimes in the playoffs, some players kind of disappear, and you need somebody. Last year, Royce O'Neal. Remember, he stepped up. Yep. He's one of those players. A team like the Utah Jazz had a loaded start at five, didn't really have great depth. Royce O'Neal was one of those depth players stepped up. I'm looking for that for the, like the 76ers. Like Ben Simmons, probably going to disappear like he usually does. Uh, so they're going to need some guys to step up. I just kind of look at it like Alec Burks could, but like is Mike Scott going to step up and be the guy? Like, no, he's not. He'll give you a nice eight points a game. You know, woo, sounds like me. Um, but I, Well, I just mean – in terms of shooting, in terms of helping guys like Ben Simmons, helping with the spacing, helping with all of that. I just think that the 76ers are contenders. Uh, they still have Joel Embiid, who, yeah, if he's healthy, he's a monster. He's the second best center in the league. Um, do, do you agree with that statement? I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Um, they still have Al Horford, someone who's incredibly versatile, a good Sucks big man. on this team, though. He does. <laughs> yeah. He is kind of trash in this team. Uh, they have Tobias Harris. Don't sleep on him. Great shooter. It seems like whenever I don't watch a ton of Sixers games, when he do, it feels like he's on fire every game. I don't know if it's just the when games he shoot, I watch. He, shoot well. he shoots the basketball really, really well. He's a decent shot creator. Not great. Uh, but he's going to be someone that's going to be big um, for them this year. So On to the West. But I'm, yeah. I'm done talking about this guy. Okay, as, as you can see, Aiden's very enthusiastic <laughs> about the 76ers. Let's start with the Los Angeles Lakers. Do we even really need to spend this much time? Uh, can I think they're for 10? <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, Lakers, Clippers are contenders. Lakers and Clippers are easily contenders. They have the two best rosters in the NBA. Um, it would depend on that. Like, the only reason... These two won't make the Western Conference Finals as if they were if, if they face each other in an earlier round, right? Uh, but other than that, they should they should easily go on to go on to the Western Conference Finals together. And I got the Clippers winning in seven. That's just my opinion. But okay, with the Lakers, well, well, let's move on. The Denver Nuggets. Um. Uh, they're a pretender to me. Uh, just like last year. Last year they went on a better run than I thought. A, a little bit, really. I mean, they really kind of lived up to expectations. I wouldn't say they did any better or worse than I thought. But I've been saying this ever since last year, really. They need to cash in some of their depth. Some of their underused young players, underused depth pieces for another star. 
having this much depth is great and all, but like Malik Beasley, he's a great young player. Last season, he you know, he's 23 years old right now. Last season, he continued, he kept getting more and more minutes. He was doing great this season. He's getting like five less minutes than he did last year. It's a problem. They need to give these guys more minutes or ship them out. And they're not going to, it's too cramped. It's almost too cramped at this point where they need to empty out that bench a little bit because it's too much at this point. And there's no need for some of these guys. So why not cash them in for a second star? Uh, you know, whether that was a Bradley Beal or just a Drew Holiday, somebody else to help Nicole Jokic out. They need more star power. And with this current roster, they're not fitting the criteria of a contender. Um, and I mean, obviously the Nuggets don't really care about this because they're going to get rid of those guys. I think contender. Contender? Contender. Because... Mm, it's difficult. You're taking that back, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to take it back. Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously the, I just wanted to make the sound as another point. Uh, obviously the Nuggets don't really care about this, but when they ship those guys out, maybe there's some untapped potential. I mean, look at how Malik Beasley's doing on the Timberwolves. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, look how look how good he is now. Yeah. He's been so good ever since he's exactly. got traded to the Timberwolves. Um, you know, maybe guys like Monte Morris um, can get a better chance to shine on a different team. Like, I'm go- here's my thing, too. Like, sorry to interrupt again. But, no, no, go um, like, I'm glad they traded Malik Beasley, but they didn't really get that star I was looking for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they did what I think they need to do because they realized, all right, you know what? He's a great young player. Teams see the value in him. We're not going to utilize him 100% here. Let's ship him out. They did, but they already gave up some of their assets. They still have more to trade for a star, but right. they just gave up a couple and didn't even get a star in return. So I'm not looking for little trades like that. They just need one big trade. Right. For a Drew Holiday, or, yeah, or Bradley Beal to push them over top, they'll be all right. I, I, the Nuggets are in a similar case to the Celtics for me, just in terms of how I put that they're a pretender but close to being a contender. Um, that's why I I give the Celtics a little bit better of a shot, but it's close. I do too, just because, but only because they're in a weaker conference. Yes, uh, the Nuggets, sure. you know, they have Nikola Jokic. Best center in the league, most clutch center in the league, most skilled center in the league. Last year in the playoffs, you know, people were like, oh, his experience will lead to him not performing. And, and he then he was, oh, he was ridiculous. Now with the year of experience under his belt, and he's got Jamal Murray, who granted, I don't really like Jamal Murray that much. Neither I think I. he's overrated. Yeah. I think yes, he can yes, score yes, yes, yes. decently. Shoot, but that's it. And that's about it. Um... But there's no denying this. Even as someone who really doesn't like Jamal Murray, he was huge last year. Yeah, oh yeah, he's for them. So I think that he's going to be a big closer for them. And I think that this Nuggets team, um, I mean, I think that can be anyone except the Lakers, Clippers, or Rockets. Uh, I think that, obviously, we'll have to see how the bracket turns out, but they could potentially make the Western Conference Finals if they don't have to face the Lakers or the Clippers. Uh, The Rockets... They could beat them or they could lose to them. I wouldn't be surprised um, at either, to be honest. But they have a true superstar. Uh, Jamal Murray, he's not a great second option, but he's still a great player uh, or at least a good, very good player. And they, they've got a ton of shooting around him and they've got a beautiful offense that's going to work and their defense has been better. So it's it's a really close call. I guess I will go pretender, but I'm really not confident. I'm not that confident about it. Utah Jazz. I'm going pretender as well. I'm going to go pretender too. Yeah. Uh, they're just too inconsistent, really. And they kind of remind me of the 76ers, 
just in the fact that they have a really talented starting five and then their bench gets a little weaker. Okay. Uh, I'll give their coach. They're not similar. Uh, they're similar, but they're not exactly the similar, same. but different. Yes. Uh, but they're just, they're not because last year they didn't show up in the playoffs and not saying this year won't be different. They've got a little bit different of a roster, but they don't have a lot of playoff experience. They didn't show up last year. This seems so inconsistent that, right. you know, they might catch fire and, roll through the first round, but they're not catching fire throughout the whole playoff. So right. for me, I, they're a pretender. And the other and the other side of things, they could be awful in the first round of the yeah. playoffs and get it's, swept. Yeah, again. So yeah. uh and you know. right now they're lined up to versus the Thunder. Could give them some problems. <laughs> What's that look for? No, you don't I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um but yeah just again just the jazz like, like Aiden said, they're too inconsistent. Their lack of playmakers, I think that's going to be a problem. Uh, that's a problem that I that people mentioned when talking about the Clippers. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's as bad for the Jazz, considering they do have a guy like Mike Conley. Um, and they do have two good bucket getters in Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. But, I mean, the rest of the team, Rudy Gobert obviously can't create his own shot. Guys like Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles are spot-up shooters. And Bojan Bogdanovic is, you know, a spot-up shooter who can semi-create his own shot. But even we saw last year with the Indiana Pacers, maybe this year is a second option. But last year is a first option. He wasn't very efficient against the Boston Celtics. Still good, but just as a number one option, he wasn't very efficient. And he wasn't doing a good job of creating good, smart shots. Um, he, I, he preferably needs guys like Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell to um, drive and kick uh, to someone to him so he can shoot an open three. And then the guys on the bench, you know, Emmanuel Moutier, um, uh, Georges Niang, uh, those guys can't really create their own shot. Mm-hmm. I think their bench is decent because, you know, they have Jordan Clarkson. They yeah, have yeah, yeah. I think it's better than the Sixers bench, but I just think it's kind of similar where, I mean, I don't give them enough credit. I'll give you that. But I don't like how they expand after seven and eight, but there's seven to eight, like, like their top seven and eight are really, really yes, good. Yeah. But in the playoffs, I think that's all that's going to matter. Yeah, it'll be, they'll be okay. It's like, not as big of an issue as it is for the like, Sixers. It's okay. Emmanuel yeah, isn't going to be getting like 20 no, minutes they'll be in the fine. playoffs. Yeah. But with all this said, they just don't have, they simply don't have the star power to match up with teams like the Lakers or the Clippers or the, or the Rockets or even the Nuggets. They don't have the consistency. If they catch fire, sure. How long is it going to keep up? I just, I, I can't see the main uh, contender. Houston Rockets. I'll give them a contender. I'll I be, do. I'll, I'll, you know, at the end of the day, it does seem like it's coming down to the Lakers or the Clippers, but if, if they face off in the second round, which is a possibility, we have to start considering that third team. And I think it's the Rockets because the Rockets have the most potential to go. And again, I said, I don't think their small ball is going to work. I don't think the Rockets will end up fitting the criteria yeah. of, you know, making it to Western Conference Finals for them is going to be hard enough. For really any team outside of the Lakers or the Clippers is going to be hard enough. But if there is an opening and one team's going to capitalize, I think it can be the Rockets. Now, with that all being said, they could end up going to the Western Conference Finals and get, you know, losing five games, which wouldn't fit the criteria. But I think it's kind of like the Celtics where it's close enough. So right. I'll give it to them. Uh, just to throw in a third contender in there, I think they have the potential to slip in as a contender. With that being said, I don't think they will go to the Western Conference Finals and put up a six or seven game fight. I'm not going to explain my ro- my Rockets um, prediction because I'm pretty sure you've uh, yeah. heard us talk I'm not about say much the that. Rockets enough. Um, and yeah.
And now all I'm right, just, I'm so do, uh, that's you. gonna wrap. Yeah, that's gonna wrap up today's episode. Uh, go follow me on Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Uh, all lowercase, no spaces. Also, go follow uh, Mr. Sideline uh, at Mr. Sideline on Instagram. Also, go call in on the Anchor Mobile app. We need some uh, questions. We need all of that. Uh, so, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time. We'll be